and welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we got somebody who <laughs> I think <laughs> boxing is hurting without, a legend in his own right, um, somebody who came in, he saw, and he conquered none other than Andre Ward. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, on the eve of the book release uh, from my book, Killing the Image, man, I'm just ecstatic, man, and it just happened to be talking to you. Man, look, we're going to get into that book release. The first thing I want to talk to you about is that our show is kind of unique in that we ask each one of our guests to walk us through the arc of their careers. And you've had a storied boxing career. You retired with an undefeated record and held multiple world championships in two weight classes, including unified super middleweight titles between 2009 and 2015, unified light heavyweight titles. Talk about what you've been up to since you retired. And at what point did you realize that you could be a, a professional boxer? Um, and then at what point did you realize it was time to move on to something else? Well, what I've been up to is, uh, you know, just really what I've been sort of sowing, the areas that I've been sowing the seeds in just my whole life. You know, ministry, uh, I was heavy in ministry even before I retired, but became a licensed minister after uh, retirement, me and my wife and youth pastors. And we got, you know, we got five kids at home. So we we well trained with we basically got youth, youth group at the house. Um, I've always been, you know, very interested in, in the business sector and the marketplace of so business and, and investing is very, very important to me. And, um, you know, just taking care of my family, man, and enjoying life. You know, I've been I retired in 2017 and I haven't stopped moving since, you know, I shot Creed and was the, you know, the host of The Contender. And then I was working for HBO and ESPN. And, you know, now I'm kind of kind of getting the opportunity to sort of exhale and I think it's good for me just to just to have a moment to breathe a little bit. We're ramping stuff back up with this book release, but um, I'm in a good space right now. Just to just to answer the last question, you know, I had studied the sport even as a as a young kid. I was just always ahead of my time. Yeah. So I would look at the fighters in the ring. I always knew what they had on. I could tell you what Roy wore, what he what he liked. But then I also noticed the pitfalls outside the ring. And I would ask Burge, I would say, man, why do, why do guys leave with no money? Why are they kind of messed up physically? And he said, baby, it's always been that way, but you're going to be different. And I just always wanted to be different in that way and not be another fighter that got pushed out of the sport. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that I'm, I mean, every time I see you on TV, see your, your career after boxing, one of the things that I'm very proud of for you is that you still have your health. Yes. I mean, how do you feel about that? And, and I, I don't necessarily see you trying to, you know, go out there and be no 50, 50 year old comeback boxer. Listen, I, like my health is everything, you know, no matter what gifts and talents and abilities I may have or desires I may have. Like it, it does me no good if I'm not my whole self. So, yeah, I got some bumps and bruises. You know, I've been doing this since I've been nine years old, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with where I'm at from a physical standpoint. I've always been proactive about my health and just trying to you know, make sure I'm living right. Um, and I, and I, you know, it would be selfish if I gave everything to the sport. I gave the sport my all, but I'm not giving the sport my everything. I have to leave some for my family and I'm doing what I, what I enjoy most right now, which is raising my kids and just being a father and a husband. Talk about growing up in Oakland and how did that shape you and how do you, I mean, how do you give back right now and how did that cultivate your, your boxing skills? Yeah, I got roots all throughout the Bay Area, you know, born in San Francisco, spent some time living in Hayward, was in Oakland, then went to Hayward, then back to Oakland. And uh, I got dual citizenship, you know, but <laughs> Oakland enough. is home because they embraced me. Um, I feel like I fight with that with that type of spirit about me, you know, what Oakland brings. 
And uh, I've just tried to be give back by trying to be an example, number one. And then where there's a need, and I don't always broadcast this stuff, but where there's a need, whether it's, you know, young fighters or whether it's young people, I'm very invested in young people because as you'll read in my book, I was that young person at one point in time and I went astray. And I had these forks in the roads where I was going to continue to pursue a dream and pursue a talent that I had, or was I going to do what I thought I wanted to do in that moment, which was experiment with drugs, drink, party, and try to ride for a block in the Bay Area. We call you know the, the the streets we from Terps or Block a ride for a block that I really didn't own. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for the virgins in my life, my godfather and trainer, my dad before he passed, my mother when she got herself together and had come back into my life. If it wasn't for them praying and staying on me, even when I didn't want to hear it, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. So that's how I give back is just seeing a young life, the, 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 the young people coming up and just trying to give them an example and then words of encouragement or sometimes finances when I can. You know, I asked this question of Cicely Tyson. I asked it of Jada Pinkett. I've asked it of every author that's come on here. Why? Why now? And, and let me just tell you, Cicely said some of the dopest things I've ever heard. She said, because I finally have something to say. Now, she was 90 years old when she said that. So I ask you this question. Why this book? Why now? The time and the place for everything. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter three. Yes, sir. This was the Kairos moment in time. There you go. Moment in time to get this thing out. Um, I had the story. I just didn't have the release to tell it for myself. I wasn't ready. My mother, I didn't have her blessing. My father had passed when I was, you know, a young boy. So that complicated things. And I'm an 80s baby. So I didn't feel like it was okay to go tell my family's history and story. And it just got to a point where it became selfish to not want to tell this story. And the origin of the, the title of this book is my pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. You know, I was talking to him and I was like, man, I'm mentoring these young dudes, man. And they don't understand. I've been where they've been and I've done what they've done. Probably worse. He said, Dre. You got to kill the image. And I was mm -hmm. like, he said, no, no, who you are is real. It's just not who you've always been. It's okay to tell that story. And those were the, the seeds uh, that I needed to, to ultimately blossom into what you see today. Yeah. Killing the image of champions, journey of faith, fighting and forgiveness. I mean, talk about that journey, though, because faith is something that I don't think a lot of people knew about you. Yeah. Um, they know the fighting. And what is forgiveness? I think people knew about the faith. I just think that I have the way I try to approach my faith is live the life and then speak when I have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just always been my thing is there's more substance than just talk. Yeah. Um, so I think people understood it, but I don't think they understood how deep it was. Like the, the ministry thing, I think, takes people back. Becoming a minister, I think they're like, oh, he's really serious about this kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, they're just seeing the maturation of, of, of all of that stuff right now. And um Man, I, I'm just I'm, I'm living in my purpose right now. You know, boxing was what I did for a season, but it wasn't completely who I was. And that's why I didn't fully, I would say, fit in with the sport of boxing. You know, there were things that I could rock with. There were things that I could align with. But I was very much uh, sort of an outlier uh, in many respects because the pressure, especially for a young African-American male, be floored. Entertain us. And I'm like, well, man, I appreciate what Floyd has done, but. What if I have something else to say? Mm -hmm. What if I want to highlight some other things? Well, we don't want to handle cameras for that. Well, man, I, I got to just stand alone and just do what I'm doing. So I think people are seeing the maturation of all the things that I've done and said or, or, or refrain from doing throughout my boxing career. And that forgiveness is, I mean, are you giving yourself that grace or is it your mom or is it a combination of all those things? 
it's, it's, it's full circle. I had to give it to myself first. You know, you look back at your young life, you say, man, you idiot, man, what were you doing? Man, you were stripping. True. And you, you, you know, you see mistakes. And I had to first forgive myself. Then you get to a place where you can look at those around you, closest to you, my father. You know, even though my father was gone, I still understood that there were things about his life that I had to forgive him for, even though he wasn't living, as well as my mother. And then, you know, I can't just be an inlet to this thing called forgiveness, man. I got to be able to be an outlet, too. Yeah. And many of us today in, in the world today, we're good people, right? Some people got good hearts, man. They, they're hardworking people. They're not stealing from nobody, taking from nobody. But they're holding on to this thing called bitterness and unforgiveness. They're weighed down. They don't know why. They're depressed all the time. And it don't take much to trigger them. Some of that yeah. stuff is because you haven't released those people in your life that, that did you wrong. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Where can people get the book? When is it on sale? The most important questions I'm going to ask probably today. Yes, sir. Uh, pre-sale is right now, but if you haven't got the pre-sale, you can wait until tomorrow. The, the book officially drops tomorrow. Uh, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. Uh, I have a landing page and the link in my bio, my Instagram, my Twitter, um, and anywhere books are sold, uh, you'll find this book, Killing the Image. Killing the Image. But let me ask you this. Another kind of unique question about authors, because I mean, I've written, well, I just finished my second adult book and wrapping up my second children's book. But mm -hmm. what did you learn about yourself? And writing a book because I feel like you you learn so much about yourself when you are when you go through this kind of cathartic process. I realized that that writing is one of my sort of secret talents. Mm. You know, I like to write. I'm still learning the structure of writing, but in terms of the visuals and pulling the right stories and knowing where to put them and then how to describe them, I think I do that very very well, and I look look forward to doing more of that and. I want to continue to 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 be an author. I think this is something that God willing, I'm going to do. I mean, I got three three more book titles in the queue right now. My agent was like, "Well, let's just sell this one first, and then we'll move on to those." And I'm like, "I got you," but I just want you to know, I'm, I'm working on some stuff. Um, and uh, what did I learn about myself beyond that? Man, I, I have an amazing story. Um, my doc came out not too long ago. Yeah, and even the beginning of writing this book, I didn't know if I had enough substance there. I, I, I wonder like, man, is there, does anybody want to hear this? And it sort of amazed me to sort of pull back 
those curtains and pull back those covers and start digging and saying, man, there's a lot here just in my childhood, not even considering my adult life. So I have a story and I've been through a lot in my 39 years on this earth. And more importantly, by the grace of God, I've overcome a lot and I'm still here to talk about it. Son of God is, a, is just an awesome name. It means so much. But where did it come from? Man, it was a it was a guy in my neighborhood that that sort of shouted it out, you know, SOG. And I was like, oh, I like that. You know, <laughs> everybody was trying to give me a name, you know, Sugar and Two Speed or Terminator. I'm like, no, nah, none of that stuff is not original. But SOG was an opportunity. Um, Galatians 3.26 says, for you are all sons of God, irrespective of gender, through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's sort of my message without saying the word. It's my opportunity to sort of preach and have something that 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 is catchy, that looks good, sounds good. Without me even saying a word, you see it and, it and and it makes you inquire, right? And some people, you know, they take it the wrong way. You say you're the son of God. I'm like, man, I'm. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not even getting close to that. I'm just saying I am a son of God. There you go. I mean, own it. I mean, you gotta own it and shout it from the mountaintops. Right. When you when you were watching your documentary, what was it like? Oh my goodness, it was it was uh, uh, the process itself was similar to the book, you know. Uh, and I'm a very detailed person. Um, I like things a certain way. I got a good feel of how it should go. I like working with a team too, but I feel like I got certain knacks to say, no, 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 this needs to go right here. So it was, a, it was a very grueling process. And to see it come to fruition, number one, was just being proud because I know some people don't get a chance to finish. And I got a lot of people from the industry saying, bro, you finished. That's a win. Um, but then seeing the reaction and the responses from the people just blew me away. And hmm. I'm just, man, I'm just, I'm just honored, man, that people could pull something from my struggles, not just the high moment, but the yeah. valleys and the peaks and everything in between and say, man, I can relate to that. Man, my mom was similar. My dad was similar. Man, man, you getting through that made me feel like I can. So the inspiration that it gave the people, um, it was big for me. Talk about how drugs and substance abuse affected you. I mean, and more importantly, I mean, when you, when you watch, I mean, the documentary is remarkable. Um, how did you overcome the challenges that substance abuse presented? Man, by the grace of God, man, that's it. <laughs> we all are, we all here by the grace of God. Yeah, I mean that that literally is what got me through because you know I had like years of generational substance abuse and alcoholism, and you don't know that when you're born, you're just born in a family you're born into, um, and 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 those generational curses are real. They're very powerful, and if you give them an inroad, if you open that door the first time, man. <laughs> that's how my father got addicted. He tried something one time. My mother tried something one time. And, and you know, they was born in this, you know, they was in the 60s and 70s. It's a crazy time. So, um, man, just, just realizing that I had slipped as far as I slipped and then finally not running anymore and humbling myself and being honest about the condition that I was in and asking God for help, that was the beginning of the difference. Now, it didn't happen overnight. But slowly but surely, man, he started taking the taste of weed out of my mouth, the taste for alcohol, the desire to want to go and do those things. It slowly began to dissipate and my love for God slowly came back because when my father passed, my faith died along with him. It was an abrupt situation. I didn't have answers. I was already teetering. And that was just the last straw for me to say, yeah. man, where is God at right now? Why did he let this happen? That Humbling myself and asking God for the grace to get out of my situation was the, the beginning of him saying, okay, I got you. Now let me pull you out of this pit. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, 
and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. What do you want watchers to get from your documentary and readers to get from your book? Um, there's so many things that it's hard to choose one, but there's a plethora of, of, of not just inspiration, but hopefully roadmaps to get, to help people get up and do something. You know, we throw around inspiration a lot and we want to be inspired, but you can be inspired and then turn the TV off or close the book and not go do nothing. Correct. I hope that people, whatever they choose, whatever they get from my book and from the doc that they can get up and say, man, I'm going to go try to walk this out the way he did. I mean, let me try this. Maybe it'll work for me. So it's really about the application. And I hope there's some, some application in there that people can pull to add to the inspiration. I mean, I, I look at your career and the role that mentorship played in your boxing career. Talk about it. Talk a little bit about how you mentor younger fighters or do you mentor? Have you completely withdrawn? And how much of that mentorship is about managing their lives outside the ring? Man, mentor, you, know, you know if a fighter got it or not. If you if you throw if you I mean if you getting beat up, and you ain't got no hands by the Coca Cola soda machine in eighth grade. You you probably not built for this sport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 rarely about the talent. Yeah, it's about everything else that you just mentioned: the lifestyle, the character, the know how, you know, and the willingness to do the things that you, that you that you know that you learn to know. Um, so mentorship is everything, man. I I gotta pay it forward. I gotta give back, you know, and. I will always be a part of the sport of boxing in some fashion or form. That's my baby. And the sport changed my life. So I'm always on the phone with, with one guy or another, man, can you, can you, can, can I call you? What you think about this? And it could be stuff in ring, but oftentimes this life stuff. And you got to get, you got to feed the young fighters and young generation as much as they want to be fed. You know, you can't throw the kitchen sink at them and overwhelm them. You get the sense talking to different ones that, hey, he really wants to know about this or he really wants to understand about my faith. But sometimes, man, I'm just sowing seeds and just hoping that one day they blossom into something. 
Man, there you go. I mean, I, I while I got you here, I got to talk a little bit about boxing uh, with you. Of course. And what we got to do to get you to fight Terrence Crawford, man, after this next Errol Spence fight coming out here, man. Oh, that's at, go 33-0. and 0. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm one with way two totally different weight classes. Um, Terrence said, said weight don't matter no more. He just moved I up. I mean, <laughs> honestly, he's the kind of fighter where weight doesn't matter. Yeah. He's got that kind of mentality and that kind of skill set. But man, I, me and me and T will never fight. That's my brother. I love him, man. I'm I'm so happy for where he is in his career. Not just just how he got there. You know, I saw for years people ridicule him um, for no reason because he wanted to do things his way. And, just because he country, we get we get a bad rap down here in the south. Just because he country. Yeah, look I mean, like you got a young a young fighter man who took the reins of his career, and because it don't look like you wanted to look, people think that there's something wrong with it. But he's winning now. You know what happened to the critics? They he get fired. They go into the recesses of wherever they came from and they don't talk no more. So he's in that space right now. And I'm just excited for what's next for him. I wouldn't be mad if Terrence just walked away. And I told him, I said, look, bro, weigh your options. But you may have to do that Andre Ward on him, man, because it, it, it's, it's getting to that point now where there's nothing else to prove. And, man, it's time to go. So yeah. we'll see. How do you feel about the boxers that are out today who are must-see TV for you? I mean, we got Javante Davis and 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 Shakur and, and yeah. Boots and Terrence and all those guys. Who's must-see for you? Uh, all of them. Everybody you just mentioned, man. I, I love the young crop of guys. I love the young life. You know, they do it a little bit different than what we did it. Some of the things they do is the same. And I'm not one of them, you know, older fighters. that's like, oh, this young generation, they don't get it. I'm not that guy. I just want to support them as best I can, be here if if you need me. And a lot of my stuff that I try to do is offline because I feel like those are where the most meaningful conversations happen. But other than that, man, I'm just I'm sitting back living through y'all. I'm sitting back living through them. Man, I, I think the Mount Rushmore of boxing. I mean, Terrence is making an argument to to join, but I definitely think your Mount Rushmore of boxing has to have Andre Ward and Roy Jones on it. Man. One of my last questions for you before we before we get out of here, Roy was talking about Floyd Mayweather a little bit and and kind of his impact on boxing. My question to you is. Has it changed slightly because now people just prefer to try to go undefeated or make as much money as they can instead of having those competitive fights? What do you think when people say that compared to what you went through in your career? Because you fought any and everybody as they came. It's, it's a, that's a tricky question. Floyd undoubtedly has had a major impact on the sport. He's had a major impact on my career. He's one of my big three, Floyd, Bernard, and, and, himself, and, himself, and Roy Jones. Those three guys are my big three. I feel like my style is a hybrid of them. Floyd came in as pretty boy Floyd, and he didn't get the respect. He didn't have the drawing power, and they continue to give him the line that there's no market for a black fighter who wants to bring in a hip-hop community, wear chains, and, and drive Rolls Royces. Floyd broke away from the promoter and said, man, I'm going to do it my way. We can't argue with what he's done. The problem with that is, is young fighters don't want to go through the pretty boy Floyd era. They, and I don't blame them, right? It's, it's that, that was a hard era to be fighting, be one of the best in the world and not be recognized. They want to pick up where, where money made left off. And so what you have now is you have fighters and the ones that can do this are the ones that can draw. Why should I fight an A-level guy and really risk everything when I can fight a C-plus guy or maybe a B-minus guy and still draw and make millions of dollars? What about him? Uh, we'll, we'll see about him. What about this other talk? Ah, we'll see about him. He, he's not selling tickets, so why should I fight him? That's where the game is gone. There's good to that because fighters are taking less risk and getting more money 
right? As opposed to fighters taking more risk and getting less money. It's an ebb and flow. It depends on who you ask kind of thing. Floyd has had impact. Um, the only argument I have with the young fighters that take that route, if you want to take less risk and make more money, do that. This is your life. This is your body. This is your livelihood. But don't start calling yourself the best fighter on the planet or wonder why you're not on that pound for pound list. If we look at your resume, your strength of schedule and the, the big names in their prime is not there. So that's my only drawback to that. But if you want to take the money Mayweather route and you got the drawing power, do that. You got to live with that. But you just can't make an argument for the top spot. And that's like that's like, a, a, you know, one of the best fighters in the game, Javante Davis. They're they talking about him fighting a 57 year old Manny Pacquiao. What are we yeah. going to I mean, everybody going to watch it. But what they going to gonna be that? That's called elder abuse. I mean, that's yeah. right. <laughs> but Manny didn't bring up his name first, though. Still, though, sometimes I'm saying that's Manny Pacquiao. I got to get that back. <laughs> I completely understand. I hear you. I, I appreciate your time, Andre Ward. You got two amazing projects out the documentary son of god the book i mean everything that you are doing is i'm just proud to see the work that you're doing killing the image a champion's journey of faith fighting and forgiveness everybody go grab it how can people find you on social media and follow what you're doing yes sir twitter andre at andre ward uh instagram andre sog ward i'm very active on both i love i love communicating with the fans and and uh you know you post some good stuff i might retweet you all so, right i appreciate you thank you for joining the bukhari self podcast bro. anytime my brother thank you